It is Sunday, November 6, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. That is Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan, back from the wilderness to work on today's show, and for that, we greatly appreciate it. It is a celebratory day for the Houston Astros and their fans. It is a sad day for the rest of us because there is no more baseball for quite a while. It's always a weird day for me. Like, you know, we're celebrating the pinnacle of the sport, and then I'm like, we don't have no baseball to watch. I think it's 144 days till opening day or something like that. We're ready. We're going to be working like that. leading up to it. But, yeah, no, this is um, – if you're an Astros fan, or, or honestly, if you're a fan of baseball and you got to watch this team all year, like, that's a treat in itself. But, yes, if you're from Houston or just an Astros fan living wherever – Continue the party today. That's kind of going to be my theme of the show is you had fun last night and you're probably not feeling great today, but it's Sunday. You can still, you can keep it going. Just shut it down by like 4 PM today or 5 PM. Yeah. And you'll be good. Be productive the rest of the week, but let's be productive. Let's talk about last night's game, which the Phillies led one, nothing into the sixth. That is until Philadelphia made a pitching change. Here comes the Alvarado versus Alvarez at bat. On a 2-1, Alvarez hits a high drive center field. Veerling's back. This game is turned upside down. There goes the runner. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker. This time they finish the job. Houston Astros, world champions. They are world champions for the second time in the last six seasons. What'd you take away from the whole experience? Uh, just that I'm very, very jealous. That's that's the emotion that comes to mind. When you see those faces, when Tucker catches that ball and, and Mancini's feeling that way and Jordan Alvarez is like, I'm the guy. I'm that mother, you know what? I loved it, man. And like I said, this Houston Astros team has been a treat all year long. They've been the best team in baseball. Like that's there's no holes on that roster. They played like it in the postseason. They rarely messed up. And it's I like when the best team wins. I do. Like the underdog story is cool. But like I also love watching perfectly executed baseball and it's basically what we got to see from the Astros during the World Series. So I applaud it and I'm happy for them and yes, I'm jealous because I just want I just want to be in a champagne shower again, dude. I want that. Well, when we win whatever uh whatever they give away to, uh the best baseball podcast, we'll spray champagne We should over you. we should uh, win. Okay. We'll live that up in uh in the year uh uh 2047 uh, or whatever year we win that. We'll still be going. Uh, hopefully Heck we're yeah, still man. around doing that. Listen, it so much of the talk of the sport has focused on offense and how do we get more of it in the game and three true outcomes and all that sort of stuff. Man, I, I can't remember a pitching staff that dominated the way that the Astros did. They gave up 32 earned runs in 13 playoff games, 23 of which were on the ledger of Verlander and McCullers. That means the rest of their pitching staff gave up nine earned runs in all those other games. Like every time they, somebody walked out of the bullpen or when Fromber or Javier uh, did their thing, they're slamming the door shut. Like you had to play perfect baseball against the Astros in order to beat them. 
And that was pretty much throughout the entire year. They they basically had a double-digit lead from June on. And then once the Mariners gave up that ninth-inning lead in game one, you just had a feeling this team was going to steamroll. And even when they were down 2-1 against Philly, you still felt really good about their possibilities because of the pitching staff. Just think about what this team has accomplished over the year. They never had a losing month, not even close. I think uh, in, in April, they were 11 and 10. And then the rest of the time, they were over 600. They had some 700 winning percentage months. They did it. Okay. And then they had the layoff, which we were all were like, oh man, it's really going to affect the other teams. And it did affect the other teams. Didn't affect the Astros because they end up sweeping that series. Like they have just done it. Yeah, they've gotten, they got tested in that Mariners series, no doubt about it. But they have the guys that are battle tested. That's the bottom line. Like they have been there, done that. They were never shook, not once. They no hit the Phillies in this World Series. Think about that, Chris. <laughs> this was utter domination. I know Philly won a couple games, but this was utter domination. It was. They, 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 I I love the Phillies, and they have very high end talent on that team, and they are very fun to watch. But you put these two rosters up against each other. I think that the yeah. Astros win the series. 95 out of 100. I, I would do. agree with you. I, I would agree with you. Um, I think we'll have another day on the show to talk about the legacy of the Astros, where this all sits. I just think we pat them on the back and say, hell of a job, because that's what it was. Now, every game has its twists and turns, and you can say, well, this is where game six turned. There's no question that the three-run bomb by Alvarez is what did the Phillies in and propelled Houston to a second World Series title. You know, Zach Wheeler was dominant throughout the first inning, five innings of that game. Got in a little trouble in the sixth, had runners at the corners, left-handed batter coming up. So here comes Alvarado to face Alvarez for the fourth time in the series. Didn't go Phillies way. And afterward, Wheeler was asked about being removed. Winner go home right there and... I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow, but it's ultimately, you know, Tom's call, and that's the call he made. Did you think he was going to come out there? No, honestly, he caught me off guard a little bit. Caught me off guard a little bit, he said. Did it catch you off guard when the move was made? It didn't catch me off guard. I didn't necessarily love it. Uh, I thought Wheeler was looking great, um, and, like, I get – the stuff that Alvarado possesses. And I know that that's been their plan. That's we talked about the lefty lane, how many freaking times on this show, but Wheeler's your best pitcher on your team. I mean, him and Aaron Nola are neck and neck. I would say Wheeler this year is the best pitcher on that team. So you kind of like, it's, it's just one of those decisions a manager has to make. And we, and we've said that on the show, the postseason is when the managers earn their money. That when they really have to make these tough decisions, are they going to go with their gut? Like you like to do, or are they just going to trust, you know, the numbers and, and, and the red and green freaking blobs they have on a piece of paper. Um, I think this was the plan all along. So like, I'm okay with having a plan. It didn't work out. I didn't really like it, but that was their plan. They've done it many times before. It's just that you got beat by Jordan Alvarez. Like that's the bottom line. So I, uh, I'm not going to sit back and, and, and question it and say, they shouldn't have done that. I'll say, I didn't like it, but that was their plan, people. That's the bottom line. First of all, um, I want to know who's counting the the home run distance because you suck at math. I want to start yes. with that. That was not 450 feet. That's 450 feet when you just got lazy and stopped counting. Um, I, it did not surprise me the move. 
and maybe that's why I'm a little disappointed here. I know that uh, Alvarado had done a pretty good job against Alvarez, got him to pop out twice in the World Series when he faced him, and he hit him with the bases loaded that one other time, which was a really right in the butt. difficult, really difficult situation for Alvarado to come in. Right, bases loaded, nobody out, and he ended up getting rocked that inning. Um, you are right. Wheeler is their best pitcher. He had thrown 70 pitches. You still needed to get 11 more outs. And he had done a nice job against Jordan in the previous two at-bats that night. So what's – I don't get it. And and we know about Jordan's splits. You know, he yeah. doesn't have split issues against left-handers. He's freaking an animal from both sides of the plate. Just didn't make sense to me. It's the second time in this postseason where I felt like the best pitcher on somebody's team was not utilized, right? We don't have to go back to the Phillies, Padres, Josh Hader standing out in the bullpen, but I will. Because if you get beat with your best against their best, you can always live with that. If you get beat with far and away the guy that's not your best, that's tough to swallow. Such a lose-lose, though, because if Wheeler gives up that homer, we're like, dude, third time through the order. You got Alvarado ready. Why wasn't he in? So it's tough. I think at, in this situation, we How good had he been pitching that night? How good? How well had he been pitching that night? Who's that, Wheeler? Just that night. Don't give me the third time through the order. That particular night. I it goes agree back with... to the Blake Snell situation, dude. I agree. Dude, I'm on your side on this. I would have loved to see Wheeler go through those guys. He looked great. But we know that's just not how the game is run right now. It's not. But this is this is where everybody's got to take a step back. I am not against sabermetrics. I'm not. I am against I, – I am for getting as much information as possible. But the thing is, you don't know the day that your pitcher is going to be touched by the baseball gods. That day in 2020, Blake Snell was the best pitcher on the planet. The best. So you know what you can do with your third time through the order thing? You can say it's not going to work this day. You know why? Because the game is played by human beings. Human beings. And Zach Wheeler, if he had looked the way he had in game two, I would have been like, yep. But he looked great. Great in five innings. And so what? He gave up a, a, a ground ball. Let's see here. Altuve. Didn't Altuve? No, no, no. Oh, Maldonado got hit by the inside pitch. Altuve, force Al out. Right, force Harry Pena out. again with a massive at bat to get Altuve to third was, base. Right, it wasn't like he ripped and doubled to the alley, and all of a sudden you're like, man, oh man, he's losing it. That but even wasn't if the he, case. even if he rips one, that doesn't mean you're losing it. The, the hitter could have just done his job. I'm, I'm on your side on this. He was looking great. I would have loved to see in that matchup. Uh, but I think the Alvarado versus Alvarez matchup was also good. It was, it was like if you're the Phillies, you feel confident there. He's given up three homers to lefties on I a know, sinker but... in his six year career. I just read that right now. Okay, that's pretty good. But yeah, I mean. We'll never know, Chris. We'll never know. I know we'll never know. We'll never know. Chris and Rose for bench coach arguing, of the Guardians. I, I am arguing the other side of a coin that we'll never see what the result was. So I, I do get it. I get it. But man, when you still had 11 outs to get with your bullpen having there's, been taxed a lot and your dude is only so at 70 things. pitches. Oh, like, God. All right. He, like you, you mentioned, he'd already faced him three times. I know the one about with the butt was only one pitch. So let's just say he faced him twice already, but that's in a, a close amount of time. Like when you face a reliever that many times, you start to see the ball a little bit better. Yeah. Yep. 
Today's edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. It is the best app for any sort of tickets you want to get. So I need you to follow a few simple instructions. Very easy. Grab your phone, go to the App Store, download the SeatGeek app, use the code word JOHNBOYPLAYOFFS, all caps, all one word. You are going to receive 10% off of your order, whether you are a first-time buyer or a repeat customer. That's a big deal for repeat customers because usually it's only for SeatGeek rookies. Nah, nah, nah. You've done this before. We want your business, and we want to save you money. Now, here's the thing about SeatGeek. No more baseball unless you want to purchase tickets for the 2023 season. You're more than welcome to do that if you're if you, if you're there, you're that neurotic, kind of like me. Uh, but you can go get NFL tickets, college football, uh, NBA, NHL, concert goer, whatever. Plus, SeatGeek helps you figure out if you're getting the best deal possible. They rate each seat on a scale of 0 to 10. Green, they color code it, thumbs up. Red, mm, be wary, thumbs down. Means you're not getting the best deal. So they want to save you money with John Boy Playoffs, all caps, all one word. And they want to get you the best deal possible. They help rank the seats. It's that simple. SeatGeek is my friend. I used it for the seats I'm using tomorrow for the Cavs Clippers game. I feel great about the purchase. I don't feel like I got ripped off. I feel like I got the best seats possible for the money I wanted to spend. You do the same. Maybe I'll see you at Cavs Clippers. <clears throat> Dusty Baker. Clippers games. <clears throat> well, I'm going because they're playing the Cavs, by the way, if you haven't figured that one out. Can't go to the Cavs Lakers today. Got to work. Dusty is no longer the winningest skipper. To never have won a World Series. So now that it has happened, how big a story is his first World Series victory as a manager? I think it's a big story for a couple different reasons. One, I love baseball lifers, and that is what Dusty Baker is. Like There are the guys that just give their heart and soul to the game, first as a player and then as a coach and a manager and everything in between. Like The guy is... The ultimate rat, dude. And that's the term of endearment from a baseball guy. Okay. Like mm -hmm. I just, I just love it. Um, and then you think about when he came into this organization, what was going on, like the trials and tribulations from the cheating scandal were, were in, we were in the thick of it. Like it was, it was not like the roster. Sure. That was a nice looking roster, but that was not a job that anybody wanted. There had to be a very select few people that could come in and deal with that. And Dusty was obviously one of them. It seems like, what's the word serendipitous is that what i'm looking for that he came in and was the manager mm. there because they needed a guy like dusty who is beloved everywhere in baseball to manage the team at that point that was hated by everybody in baseball it just made total sense and what juxtaposition that situation was those are two big words for you right and there. juxtaposition but I love Dusty. I'm happy for him. And, and if you go around and, and you're on your socials and you follow baseball players or you follow any accounts like that, like you just see the love that this guy gets. So it's it's awesome. He has nothing left to prove in any facet of baseball. Maybe go be commissioner, Dusty. I think we'd all like that. Hmm. Um, I am so happy for him. The little bit that I know him, he's great to be around. How cool was he up on the stage last night? He is smiling. He's talking about how he's partying. Dude's 73 years old. Hell yeah. Freaking having the time of his life. You know, I think we admire a guy who still wants to think about what he's doing. He's freaking landing at Seattle at four in the morning at 73 years old. I get it. He's flying first class. He's got big seats. He's 73 and doing this. 70 
three and still passionate about it. You don't ever see him in a shitty mood. He just, he loves it. And so I'm happy for him from that standpoint. I think it's huge that he is the third African-American manager to do it. You know, a guy who was with the Braves organization when he first came up in Cito Gaston, the first to do it with back-to-back titles in 92 and 93. Dave Roberts a couple of years ago. Um, and Dusty Baker. I mean, he's he made a point of that at the beginning of the World Series. And it comes at a time where, for the first time since, I believe, 1950, we did not have an African-American uh, player on a World Series roster. And he said that bothered him, and he was embarrassed for the sport. So I think that this is a big deal for him. Um, it does. I told you at the beginning of the series, it wouldn't change the way I look at him personally, but maybe for some baseball fans it does. I don't know who those people are. You were like looking at Dusty in a negative light because he didn't win a World Series. That seems very sick. not negative, but I think that it raises him a few because at the end of the day, when you're a manager, the only thing we have to judge you by are wins and losses. Sure. And the ultimate victory is this. So now, you know, it's it's almost like, well, now what can you say? I judge managers by a few different things than just championships, but I understand the broad general public, that's what they're looking at for mm-hmm. sure. That's what I'm that's what I'm looking at there. Yeah. So I'm just happy for him. I thought it was really, really cool. Um Heck yeah, man. we know that Gene Mock, late great skipper, you know, uh of the Angels in the mid eighties when he had that shot in eighty six, he had the most wins by a manager. He has the most wins by a manager who hasn't won a title now that Dusty's got one. Do you know which active skipper has the most? Pedo? He's got two with Boston. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That's crazy. I forgot about that. That's a long time ago, bro. Buck Showalter. Oh, poor Buck. He's 19th in wins. He's got more than 1,600 wins. Hasn't even been to a World Series. So, Dude, Tito with the Red Sox has totally just that exited my mind right there. I have him strictly a Guardians dude. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, he's your guy. Appreciate it is my guy good for dusty happy billy's end of the road remarkable run managerial change still made the playoffs ran all the way through the nl took the astros to six before bowing out does it feel like it's the start of something special or are you still in the prove it to me stage it depends i think this helped a lot in 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 a lot of different ways. Okay. Like they proved that what they have can, you know, get to the world series and, you know, they proved that they could win the world series with what they have. If they all got hot at the right time, they know that. So I think what that does for their organization, it doesn't, it doesn't move. They're not going to move back at all. Like they say, we got this now let's go add on this. Let's add what we need. Let's get some bullpen pieces, you know, possibly a DH. Like there are things that we're going to need next year. If we want to, if we want to just win the world series, like that's all they have in their mind now. And so for the players, it's the same thing. Like you get a taste of it and then you get to sit there and watch another team celebrate a championship and understanding you're so freaking close and you're like, we can do this. We can do this. It is a massive motivating factor to go to the world series and then lose it. Okay. It sucks, but this off season, they're going to take some time off regroup but then that's all they're going to think about. And when they get to spring training and 
they're talking about getting to the World Series. It's not bullshit. We just did it, guys. Like, this is for real. This is not just talk because we're in spring training. We can do this. No, we can do this, and we're going to do this. That's a different level of confidence that you can have throughout the clubhouse because you just went through it. So I think this proves to the front office, like, hey, we're close. Let's, let's not blow this thing up. Let's add. If they didn't make the playoffs, which, Chris, they're the last team in. If they didn't make the playoffs, things change. We need to make massive changes. Topper, you're probably not, you know, maybe you're not the manager anymore. Like, you uh-huh. know, whatever it may be but they prove that they can get it done. So if you're a Phillies fan, know that this nucleus, they'll do their best to keep it intact and then add to it. And if you're a player, you just draw off this, this negative energy you have right now and use it to your advantage to work hard and get back there again. Well, um, it's going to be prove it to me. It's that simple. They went on a remarkable run, but they finished 14 games behind the Braves and the Mets. who each won 101 games pretty significant 14 games that's a lot means you a lot needed a lot of things to come together and a little bit of baseball luck to get on your side and that's exactly what happened I will be shocked though if they're still not the third best team going into 2023 in that division because I know the Braves are already loaded and I'm sure the Mets are going to do a bunch of interesting things with Uncle Stevie's money to make them you know be a team that's right there as well um, even Bryce Harper said it afterward. He was like, listen, you know, we've, we've got a great group, but I'm sure that Dave Dombrowski is going to make some changes to our roster. I mean, when, when a player says that right after getting eliminated, that means that he saw the shortcomings of the team. Yeah. 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 But good, but good changes to the roster. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right They're They're the top five or six in the batting order are set. They're going to need Castellanos to play like a hundred million dollar player, not play like he did this year. Uh, they're going to need Alec Bohm to continue to grow. They're going to probably need to up the bottom part of that lineup a little bit. The bullpen needs some serious revamping. And the back end of that rotation needs help. The fact that they didn't know two series in a row who was going to start a fourth game, that's rough, man. That is real. And that's the, that's the biggest difference probably between the Astros and the Phillies was that they can go with, yeah, we'll go with Christian Javier in game four. Who are you going to go with? Like, well, thank God we got a rain out. We can go back to Aaron Nola, but we're going to start Noah Syndergaard the next day and cross Yeah, they got, they got completely helped by this rain. Uh, the totally. umpires sort of helped them out a little bit in that World Series, uh, not ringing up Bryce Harper a few different times. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, look, Trey Turner, what's up, bro? Want to come play shortstop for the Phillies? Like, think about that. Like that's what Dave Dombrowski does. He's not like a little little move guy. Like he's a big move guy, no. empty empty everything type of guy, all out. So uh, there's a move there. The bullpen's tougher to address. It just is, dude. Think about like the White Sox bullpen going into this year. We were like, dude, they're so stacked. They were okay. Yeah, but they they also had uh, they, they, they had some injuries that popped up. Exactly, that happened. So like the bullpen's tough to address, dude. It really is. Well, I actually the guys, they, the guys that they were relying this. on this year, the guy the highest leverage situation of the year was a guy that was up and down in AAA this year. Like it's it's difficult. Like it's whoever's hot at the end of the year. You can try to address it, but I agree with you. The back end of that rotation, I mean, you got three dudes. That's more than mm-hmm. a lot of teams can say. And you got Gibby who can eat innings. I believe he – is he a free agent? You have one he's, more year there. He's a free agent. Okay. Ian Syndergaard. Then you have the openings to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to go yep. do that. Right. Go get a Tyler Anderson. 
Ooh. Maybe that's just a thought. Okay. All right. Uh, last thing before we get out of here on the podcast and the YouTube side of things, Dusty Baker, he made no bones about it. He wanted to party afterward. And that started in the clubhouse where he put his mouth on the beer luge, I guess is what it ended up being. Where I come from, it used to be like a vodka luge, but that's okay. You want to go beer, that's fine too. Can you believe, would you ever put your mouth on that thing? Chris, I'm not sure there's many things I wouldn't put my mouth on after a World Series victory. Ah. Let me tell you that right now. A beer luge, give me three of them. I'll put them all in my mouth. Are you kidding me? You don't worry about stuff. like You don't care about anything during this time. It's just like, hey, man, let's party. Have a good time. I love it. I love it for Dusty. And I love that you keep reminding me that he's 73 years old, partying with a bunch of 20-year-olds because I kind of want to do that. Maybe I need to start managing now. I got to start managing right now. You like, think I'm pretty envious fun? of what Dust, where Dusty's at in his life. You think Bake was fun to hang out with in the 70s? Yes, I do. I think him and I would have gotten yeah. along really well. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I could pull the trigger on that. I'm a, I'm I'm a little skittish when it comes to that sort of stuff. I just I mean, I did it in my 20s. Like a beer bong, right? You never you hit a beer bong before? Yeah, of course. And I did it. I remember one of the apartment complexes I lived in in Cincinnati, we had a rooftop pool. And during the summer we had like these big parties and there was an ice luge that went all the way down one of the railings. It was like 40 feet long. You put your was that during the winter or something, or do you create an ice luge? How did that work? It was during the summer. Summer party. So you made a forty foot long ice luge. I didn't. Somebody it's brought incredible. it up for a party. It's the best apartment complex ever, bro. It was quite a place. There were a few Cincinnati Reds that lived in that place, including uh, a catcher Ed Tobinzi, who's probably most famous for being traded straight up for Kenny Lofton from the Houston Astros. Uh, but I digress. So he got dealt to the Reds and he let, he ended up living there. And I was so thankful because his wife was such a smoke show. So every time he got in the elevator with her, I was like, I was like 23 or whatever. I was like, jeez, hmm. <laughs> bro. You want to see me yeah. chug something right now? Speaking of partying, ready? Oh, man. Is that some high quality H2O? Nice job. What a slam it. Woo. Okay. So very quickly, let's talk about the offseason schedule. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be doing baseball today several times a week. We don't know exactly which days. We're still figuring out. I think it really depends on when news happens. So okay. what you need to do is just continue to follow us on social media, which might become a little more difficult on Monday, but who knows? Um, so we will send out you know, the bat signal to everybody that follows along and just tune in because we don't go anywhere. John Boy Media takes this stuff very seriously. There isn't an off season. We love to grind. We love to get you the information. We love to get you the interviews. So just continue to bear with us in terms of, uh, you know, maybe not an exact schedule, but know that several times a week, either two or three, you're getting baseball today. Thank and we're you, not going to call it baseball every other today. We're going to call it Baseball today, so fair baseball enough. Most baseball most days. Baseball most days. Welcome to baseball. I'm gonna I miss love you. That. You know what, dude? I had no, such a not. good time with you this year. I really did. It's been great. It's, we want to thank is, everybody who's incredible. Who's helped put this together. Dan Rourke, Robbie Shirocco, 
Kevin sometimes fills in and uh, and nails this as well on the producing side. Um, it's not easy to do this as much as we do. And so we want to thank everybody for putting out a product we're very proud of. Yes, sir. Go ahead, caller. I just want to apologize to absolutely no one. You're welcome for this show, people. This thing is a <laughs> banger. All right. Uh, we'll check in. We might be doing a show on Monday. I'll let you know. I have to check in with Plouffe among some other people. But Probably not Monday. Probably not Monday. The one and only Dan Roy. And Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Thank you for tuning in to Baseball Today. Congratulations, Houston Astros, your 2022 champs.